Friends, our second scripture today comes from the book of Isaiah, actually what we've come to call third Isaiah, Isaiah 58. And it is one of the grand scriptures of the Bible. The people are standing in the rubble of their lives and the scripture just cascades with image after image of how their lives will be rebuilt and healed. If you came today for a word of justice, if you came today with, for a word of comfort, if you came today for a word of healing, there is a word for you in this. In the words of Patrick O'Connor, good news is on the way. Go ahead, good news is on the way. Isaiah 58, shout out, do not hold back, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins, yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask for righteous judgments, they delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast? but you do not see. Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice. Look, you serve your own interests on your fasting day. You oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this fast a day acceptable to God? Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of God shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and God will answer. You will cry for help and God will say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday sun. God will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. We celebrate the written world, the word of scripture. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Please pray with me. God of love and wholeness, may we open our hearts so that we might hear and become a healing word from you. Amen. 
Back in January, not long after Advent, the worship team gathered to start thinking about Lent. One of our main goals was to envision together a theme that might shape our experience of the Lenten season this year. We began with prayer and scripture, and then we talked a little bit about what Lent means to each of us, our journey with Jesus toward Holy Week and the cross. And then we opened up conversation to talk about where we are this year, to talk some about the life of this church, what we are experiencing together. Folks, of course, mentioned the pastoral transition, the loss of a beloved pastor as Joanne Witt retired, the uncertainty of moving into an unfamiliar future. We were in the midst then of remembering and celebrating the lives of Lila Rittenhouse and Diane Baumsteiger, so we talked about grieving the loss of those we love. We talked about the hardship that folks face living in a very expensive Marin County as rents rise and the housing supply is short. We talked about the full range of life's transitions, particularly for senior adults as folks downsize and contemplate moves. And we talked about this congregation's engagement in climate emergency and how overwhelming it was feeling. We talked about our work in the world and how the congregation was preparing to move even more deeply into our study of racism to think hard about work we can do to help repair the harm that racism has caused. We got all those things up on the board, and then we sat for a minute in holy silence, because those are holy and tender and serious things. Our conversation then brought us to this theme, in the desert, a healing spring. As we realize that in the joy and love of our life together, we are also experiencing plenty of parched places, desert places in our lives and in the world, desert places thirsting for a healing spring. As we come to Isaiah 58, the folks there are experiencing their own desert places. Scholars think this was written as the people were returning from exile. Seventy years before this, they had been conquered. Jerusalem and the temple had been razed to the ground, and they'd been taken into captivity in Babylon. And then, seven decades later, the Babylonian Empire is conquered by the Persian Empire, and the Persian king lets them go home. And so here they are returning to the rubble of their lives, crawling over the rubble, trying to rebuild the lives that they or their parents and their grandparents once knew. They are a hurting people. And when I remind myself of that, when I read this scripture, I always wonder, why is the prophet yelling at them? So here's the thing. They've come back to the rubble and they start to rebuild. But they start to rebuild the structures that they've known in captivity. They rebuild the systems of oppression that they knew in Babylon, that they knew even before Babylon, the systems of oppression that got them into trouble in the first place, systems where some are held down low, maybe most are held down low so that some might be raised up. 
to be sure they are a people who are hurting, but some people are hurting more. The poor are hurting. People are starving. People are living in the streets and the rubble without shelter. People are cut off even from their own families. Rather than using their freedom to rebuild a new and a better world, a freedom world, they return to old ways. What they do is they put all their intention into getting religious practices right, as if that were the way to get God's attention, without thinking much about the life that they are living together or about how much people in their midst are hurting. They fast while they forget to feed the hungry. They rend their own garments while folks go without clothing. They are living lives that are beside the point. They are a people who are both hurting and causing harm, and what they need for all that is healing. The prophet is yelling at them to get their attention. God wants to bring healing for all that, for all the ways that they hurt, for all the ways that they are harming each other. God's healing and saving power is that big, and God is ready. Shout it out. Pay attention. As we start our Lenten conversation about healing, I want to underscore that. As we live and move through this complex world, we know what it is to hurt in our bones. We know our own individual desert places. And as we move through the world, we also participate in all the ways that we harm each other. Both those things are true. Both those things are human. And we're going to talk about all that. God's healing power is about all that, all the ways that God wants to make us whole and to empower us to live whole and healing lives. But maybe we should start by talking about healing and maybe coming up with a working definition that we can build on as we go. Healing is all about wholeness. That's actually where the word comes from. Our English word healing comes from the old English word for whole, the old English word for not hurting. In its linguistic roots, healing is the opposite of hurting. Think of the Hebrew word shalom which usually gets translated as peace, but carries with it the sense of wholeness. Both healing and shalom express something about all the ways that God is making things whole and complete. We should also say that healing is a broader concept than cure. Cure is eliminating all evidence of a disease or condition with finality. Healing encompasses the full range of ways we move toward wholeness, including cure and all the care and all the efforts that make life better at every level of our being, bodily healing, spiritual healing, community healing, global healing, and we can pray for all of that. We pray for specific healing, for specific hurts, and then we stand ready for all the ways that God is loving us and moving us toward wholeness in healing. Healing is God's love at work in us and around us, moving us and the whole world toward wholeness. Let's start there.
And then, as we build this out, this scripture today, Isaiah 58, offers us these amazing images, each of which offers us glimpses, glimpses of what healing looks like, glimpses to add to our understanding. Just as soon as the prophet gets the people's attention, God says, says this, offers this image. Is this not the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of injustice, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke? The yoke is a bar of wood that holds animals together as they do their work. Throughout the Old Testament, it is a symbol of slavery and oppression. In our day, we might think in terms of chains, break the chains of injustice. As one writer has said, to loose the yoke means to offer freedom and release for people who have been used for someone else's benefit. To break the yoke is to dismantle the systems of oppression once and for all. Healing includes, it requires the liberation of people. And so the prophet lists concrete acts of healing, feed the hungry, shelter those living in the streets, satisfy the needs of the afflicted. And that last one, that last one is big. It involves letting suffering people name their needs so that we can be part of meeting those needs. Healing involves freedom. Break the yoke. And then we see this image. God will make your bones strong. This reminds us that healing involves and includes our bodies. Over Lent, we will be talking about all kinds of healing, but I don't want to lose sight that healing includes our bodies. Throughout the scriptures, God creates our bodies, knits our bodies together in our mother's womb, breathes life into our bodies, loves our bodies, heals our bodies, recreates our bodies. Our bodies are the medium through which we experience the world, and they are an essential medium through which we experience the healing love of God. When we take these precautions that we're talking about to prevent the spread of the coronavirus, we are participating in God's healing of our bodies. We're helping to prevent the spread of disease. When we don't shake hands, but bow to each other, part of what we are communicating is a deep respect for each other's body and each other's life. Part of what we are communicating is an earnest hope for each other's wholeness and healing. May the peace of Christ be with you. I pray for your wholeness and healing. Now that's a passing of the peace. Healing involves freedom. It involves our bodies, it involves each of us as individuals, and then we come to these amazing communal images. The people are crawling over the rubble of their individual and collective lives, and God says, your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. Healing involves the rebuilding and the repair and the restoration of communities. Communities whole and healed. We'll be diving deeply into this concept of repair in our Sunday seminars during Lent. As Raquel expressed last Sunday, and as you'll see in the bulletin, we are entering a study and a conversation about reparations, the all-in work of repairing the centuries-long harm of American racism and white supremacy. 
During our time together, we will say true things about the harm that racism causes, our part in it, the way we benefit, and we will also look for our work to do, work to dismantle the systems and to heal the harm, work that is tailored to heal the harm as identified by those who have been hurt. Maybe it is more of a command than a promise when God says you will be repairers of the breach. Healing includes the repair and the restoration of communities. Restorers of streets to live in. It includes life. And that brings us to the image that is at the heart of our Lenten theme. God says, as you engage in this healing work, as you work for the wholeness of each other in the world, your healing will spring forth quickly. You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Healing encompasses all the ways that God is moving us toward wholeness, and it is always about life. In the desert, a healing spring. And there's one more image here. God says, then your light shall break forth like the dawn. Dr. Rachel Naomi Remen, clinical professor of family medicine at UCSF, she describes healing by telling a story that her grandfather, a rabbi, used to tell. She calls the story the birthday of the world, and it goes like this. In the beginning, God created the world, and the brilliant light of the world emerged out of the darkness. But then... There was an accident, and the vessel holding the light was broken, and the light of the world was scattered into thousands of fragments of light. The fragments of light fell into and became hidden in the things of the world, in the events of the world, in people, in creatures, in you and in me. Now, as Dr. Remen's rabbi grandfather tells it, we humans are born with the capacity to find this hidden light. The light that is hidden in all events and all people and to lift it up and to make it visible. And by doing that, by finding the light and making it visible, glimmer by glimmer by glimmer, we restore the innate wholeness of the world. This task in Hebrew is called tikkun olam, The restoring, the healing of the world, it is a collective task that involves all of us and every bit of us. Dr. Remen says that by doing this, by finding and lifting up the light in all things, we heal the world one heart at a time. Healing is God's love at work in us and around us, moving us and the whole world toward wholeness. Feed the hungry, shelter those living in the streets, satisfy the needs of the afflicted, and your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing spring up quickly. Your light will rise in the darkness and your gloom will be like the noonday sun. God will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail.
Your ancient ruins will be rebuilt. You will be called repairers of the breach, restorer of streets to live in. In the desert, you will find and you will be a healing spring. <laughs>